you know, that's uh, really the thing that we need to do is take the gospel throughout, throughout all the world because there are people all over the world that need the gospel. Amen. Now, uh, again, that gospel is entrusted to us and it's really up to us whether we will allow it to uh, just um, stay with us or share it to the people around. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I will read these verses from verse number 7 to verse number 16. Just follow with your eyes. Please, uh, we'll all stand here if you can. Let's all stand. I begin with verse number 7. Bible says, verse number 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, uh, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we, uh, we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, <clears throat> and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the defying of itself in love. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for um, bringing us together into this place. Thank you, Lord, that um, um, we have uh, this moment once again, that we can come before your presence and to inquire um, from your word, O oh God, um, your message and your um, uh, to, for, for us to learn the principles of your word. Please, Lord, speak to the hearts of your people. And also, Lord, guide me with my mouth and my lips. And I pray, O oh God, that you will just use your word um, to, to speak to your people tonight. And help me as I deliver it. And I pray, Lord, that um, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will be magnified in the midst of us. And bless, Lord, once again, the um, members of our church, the families. And bless them, Lord, um, and, and provide them with all their needs. And bless also um, everyone that is here tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you will supply and, and answer um, everyone's prayers. And now, Lord, um, I just commit to you this passage of Scripture and help us, O oh God, to see the importance of growing in our uh, walk, in our Christian life, so that, Lord, uh, you will be able to use us mightily. And bless all of us tonight, and I pray that uh, glory and honor will be yours tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Please be seated. Growing in maturity. Again, we, we ask the question, what, what makes Christianity different? As we know, uh, most of us, I believe, um, we, we grew up, or we, we, we learned uh, religion from very young age. Me, um, my, my parents were Catholic and not really as de devout, or, but there, there were no other uh, choices really there in those times in our, in our family. My mother always, um, always visited the, the uh, Birhin Sarigla. So um, whenever we have, uh, we have um, you know, activities, big activities, uh, most of the time uh, they will go to that place to, to pray. And, and um, the, every occasion, perhaps confirmation and all that, baptism. And we grew up like that, no, no, no problem with us because we do not know uh, other things. But again, um, now that we understand the truth, we, we were able to hear the gospel, and um, we walk our Christian walk now differently from um, what we've learned before. But what makes Christianity different? What makes Christianity really different? The Christian life, my friend, begins with spiritual birth. That's, that's what we know of. Not, not, uh, not in the time of our... Um, ceremonies of baptism or confirmation because we were considered Christian I mean, if you are not Muslim in our country you are a Christian so that's that's very generic uh, when uh, when they know that you are not uh, part of um, you're not uh, Muslim so uh, you must be a Catholic so that's the general perception in the country in those times but again the new birth we understand it the new birth takes place when a person receives Jesus Christ as Savior. Yeah. That is where the beginning of the person's Christian walk or Christian yeah. life. Because that is the plan of God. The Lord, we know it. It's, it's God, the, the plan of the Lord, the, uh, the order of His plan. It starts with birth, and then after birth, there must be maturity or growth, then maturity. So, again, this, this um, plan uh, is very visible in the people of God in the churches. You can see people got saved, and then from there, you can see people grow in their Christian life. And then um, many of them also will reach the point of maturity. So that is God's plan. God's plan is um, for a person, first and foremost, to be born into the family of God. Then after that, the person uh, will grow in the faith. Then after that, the person will finally reach that maturity in our Christian life. I want to be mature, and all of us wanted to be mature. No one wants to stay in our, you know, uh, 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 immature state in our Christian life. All of us want to be mature because we know it, that there are a lot of blessings to becoming mature. There are a lot of good things and and I believe also God wants it, that we will be mature. Now, again, we know uh, and we can tell um, mature people, but mature people, when you meet them, when you see them, when you talk to them, and when you know their, how the way they live their lives, you can tell a person whether the person is mature in their Christian walk. And again, it is mainly by their... By their uh, display of 
you know, some character, uh, characteristics or uh, character traits of a mature Christian. And sometimes you can tell straight away whether the person is mature or immature. Sometimes you can see straight away uh, selfishness. When you see selfishness, oh, that's immature. When you say selflessness, you can see that, oh, that, that is, um, you know, a person that grows in the Lord. And again, there are a lot of indications of infancy that we can see in the Christendom, in, in the people of the church. Lots of infancy, um, um, uh, characteristics of infancy. And when you see a Christian that is more concerned with self than service, then you see, okay, this man or this woman needs to grow in the Lord. We always see that because that is not a Christ-like attitude. So we can see that, oh, you need to pray for this person. And again, this kind of person uh, tends to think of what he could get rather than uh, what he could do to help. He will calculate whether is this... Um, you know, a beneficial um, endeavor in the in if, if I help this this person, you know, um, will this you know um, can I get something from this? So that is immaturity. That is immaturity when you only see to help when you want to get something out of your help. So that is a clear indication of an infancy in our Christian walk. And again, <clears throat> uh, if a person is more concerned with um, argument rather than action, again, that is um, immaturity. Uh, that he, the person would rather go into um, uh, war uh, with words than do things that is right. Another thing that um, we can see uh, the immaturity of a person is when the person um, looks to man rather than God. If a person tends to get offended by a man and that offense, you know, you know, affects the person's walk with the Lord, that person is still immature. Because we ought to look into the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and only depend on him and look, you know, in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, we, we are told by the writer of the book of Hebrews that we are only, um, you know, we can only survive in this Christian life if we only look upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Not on any person, not on any um, or anything. Because that is where you know, our survival uh, lies in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So looking into Jesus. So everything must be, you know, although we look at people, we look at this, you know, pastors, we look at this um, certain individuals, and then when they fall, many, many people do not come to church because that Christian, you know, fell. A lot of people I know, I know a lot of friends, I know a lot of uh, Christians, they will not go to church because of that person. You see, I, I had a friend that is a very good friend of mine, and I'm praying for him. 
Um, I think um, uh, Ate Lori uh, is familiar with this um, family name, um, Villafuerte. So it's very popular in in your in your in province, yeah, because they are. Their, their names are all over the place, especially in election, <laughs> because they're politicians. And I have a good friend, but, uh, you know, I have a good friend that, uh, you know, belong to that family. And um, he's, he's, been, he's been a Christian for a long time, a very, you know, um, dogmatic and, 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 you know, loud in his Christian life, sharing the gospel. No, he's not, he's not afraid of anyone. He's not afraid of anyone, and he shares the gospel. But something happened to his marriage. Something happened happened to his marriage, and he doesn't want he doesn't want to come to church anymore because he blamed the the the, the, the breakup of his marriage to that person in the church. He blamed that person, and he doesn't want to come to church. And I said it's 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 a it's a it's really hard. And I I, I talk to him sometimes. We talk like two hours, three hours. Just to uh, you know, um, he's my friend. He's he's he he was used by God in those times before, and um, I'm really feel sorry about what happened to him. But again, he doesn't want to come to church. He said, "Brother Adrian, I think if you come here, if your church were here, maybe I will I will come to your church, but not not anymore. I I, I don't go to any place now, brother." I said, "You know." Um, you have to look unto the Lord Jesus Christ, sure. not on any man. Sure. Um, the, the, the fact that you can see some fault in that person and some fault on another person, you can also see fault in me eventually. <laughs> because yeah, if, if man is always, you know, um, um, frail in our yeah. Christian walk. Now, yeah. praise the Lord that we can stand. Praise the Lord yeah. that we can pray. Praise the Lord that we can do good things. But no promises, my friend. No promises. Tomorrow might be a different story. That is why the only constant, faithful, constant person in this world is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we have to focus on Him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I have not been the author of your faith. I have not been the finisher of your faith. The Lord Jesus Christ is. That is why don't look at me, don't look at anyone, because there's only one that is the author and finisher of our faith. The Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, let's abandon this, you know, you know let's abandon this um, infancy in our Christian life, because... We don't, we don't want this. We don't want this in our life. We want to grow. We want to, um, to be useful of the Lord. Um, we, we want to become, you know, skillful in the things of righteousness. Because if we remain um, a, Christ, a babe Christian, if we remain in our infancy, you can know it. No one wants, no one would expect, you know, uh, uh, Daniel to cook dinner for the family. No, he's still a baby. <laughs> Daniel is still very young. So when, when a person is, uh, you know, infant, in uh, a Christian babe, you cannot expect anything. <clears throat> Again, if a person has grown in his Christian life and become mature, that is where that person can be useful 
and being useful in the work of the Lord. And you see, how can we recognize Christian maturity? I think that's a good question. And, and, and um, we will answer this tonight. We will see um, how are we going to recognize maturity in our Christian life. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. You see here that the mature Christian is a believer with a mission. He has a mission. He is mature. Notice that, verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That is what's the work of this, you know, um, believer, a Christian with a mission. His mission is to help, you know, the strengthening of the believer, to help to, to make the person grow, to, to, to make the person next to him grow. That is his vision and that is his um, life perfecting. Perfecting means mat maturing, you know, uh, strengthening, perfecting. Now, the gifts of the Lord, my friend, to the church um, are to bring to us maturity. <laughs> God wants all of us that are saved to grow and wants, uh, God wants all of us that grows to mature. Yeah. Because God, sooner or later, will use you also to mature others, to grow yeah. others, to help others, to strengthen others. That's why the Lord places this, you know, uh, uh, people in the church in, in, in those times. Um, um, we have the apostles and the prophets, and we, we, we have them through their writings. We can see the, the writings of the apostles until today. The apostle Paul, his writings is still very useful to us. Yeah. And still, we, we, we still have apostles. But again, the writings are very needful. In our Christian walk, the evangelists, the evangelists will do the work of the Lord through their uh, special ministry. They go out into places and, um, and, and, and share the gospel to the people. And these people that are saved, they will be placed in a church so that the church will look after them to grow so that in them, uh, you know, the work of God also can prosper so that eventually they will also be uh, able to go and tell others and then send missionaries out of them. So that is the, the work of God in, um, in the lives of the evangelists. And uh, of course, we know it. We have pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers have the primary responsibility in bringing about Christian growth. That's why here in our church, we should grow. So that time will come that we will become useful in the, in the body of Christ right here in our church. Then... Um, our, our ministries will be, will be uh, strengthened, will be solidified, and then uh, when, whenever uh, a time will come that out of our church, we can send out evangelists also. Yeah. We can send out missionaries. Yeah. We can send out pastors and church workers, and, and we can expand the ministry. Yeah. Um, we can, we can uh, you know, uh, do more for the work of the Lord. And that is, again, here. It's all here in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastors and teachers. Now, also, in these times of our uh, of Christendom, we see 
the mistakes. There are mistakes in our understanding of the pastoral role we, uh, because we only see pastor and then pastor has become the one who does the work in the ministry. Instead, instead the ministry, um, the, the work of the ministry, especially in maturing uh, people, in making people, making other people to grow, supposed to be the work of everyone. Yeah. In other words, um, the, you know, you are responsible to the people around you in the church. Yeah. Me, I am responsible around the people, but you also have responsibility. Uh, I will tell you, a lot of people do not come to church because of the church people. Yeah. Not necessarily because of the pastor, because of the church people. See, do not allow that in your Christian life, you are the cause that people will not come to God because Amen. of you. You have a responsibility to strengthen the people around you and to strengthen them uh, in the work of the Lord. See, because these people will think that uh, it's the pastor's job. If the people will not come to church, it's his fault. Well, for sure, the pastor has a part of that. Uh, but again, a lot of people will not come to church. A lot of people will not come to God because of people. That is why we need to understand that, um, again, we have, we have this uh, work of the ministry given to us by the Lord. And, and again, um, the pastors are doing the job, but instead also being uh, the people in the church, being participants in the work of the Lord, many of them have become spectators of the work of the Lord. They just look, they just come and watch, and they go, and nothing happened. But again, that is, that is a sign of uh, immaturity also. That is a sign of immaturity. Uh, I pray that the Lord will grow, you know, allow us to grow. I pray that the Lord will strengthen us so that we can strengthen others. That is the whole point there. We need to, to, to be mature and lifting up those people, you know, to grow and to stand up on their own feet uh, in their Christian walk. And so that they can be relied upon by others too. So everyone will 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 um, uh, will be able to help um, uh, small items or small things uh, as long as you know um, um, they can be used of God rather than they will be used of the devil. The people, if you know, in the church, if you if the Lord cannot use you in the church, for sure there's someone that's willing to use you, and that's the devil. Yeah. We do not allow it. We do not allow that we cannot. We will not be useful in the church because we want the Lord to use us. Right. And again, um, the pastors perform, and then the people go home and and talk about it. And that's that's uh, the very common thing to happen. But um, we need to understand that um, here in this world today, too many believers feel their responsibilities end. When their, when their pastors have been provided with these needs and, and the people will say that, okay, that's it, uh, I have done my part. No, we still have a lot of things to do yep. um, more than that. You have responsibility even in your own household. Yep. You, you as a parent, you, have, you are the ones to encourage your children to be faithful to the Lord. You are the ones to train your children in the, in the things of God. And you, as a as a child, 
uh, you have parents, you are under your parents, you have a responsibility to be faithful to your parents, to be faithful to God, to be faithful to the church, so that your parents will, will, will you know, will uh, be encouraged the more in the work of the ministry. A lot of, a lot of situations like that, sometimes the children are more faithful than the parents, sometimes the parents are more faithful than the children, and again, each one of us has responsibility to um, encourage one another. Encourage one another because uh, once uh, once your um, member of the family, um, you know, um, uh, picks up the work of the Lord, once the member of the family has uh, been faithful to the Lord, I will tell you that member of your family will be blessed by God and also the people around that person will be blessed by God because that is what's God's blessing. But I will tell you also in opposite to that, when the person is not, you know, being a blessing to God, the person is doing something wrong and God will curse the person, I will tell you, all the people around that person also will be cursed. It happened in the Bible and it happened many times. Abraham became a blessing. God blessed Abraham and all the people around Abraham must have been blessed. Including Lot. Lot was blessed because of Abraham. Isaac was blessed because of his father. Jacob was blessed because of Abraham. All the people around these people are blessed. And if you remember also Jonah, Jonah, he was in the ship and he was uh, he was thrown overboard. Why? Because Jonah was punished by God. Jonah was, uh, you know, God was not happy with him. And his punishment, all the people around him also is affected. They thought that they would die. Those mariners, they thought that they would die. What happened? The ship, they emptied the ship of their wares. That means in our, in our time maybe, it's uh, millions of millions of dollars damaged because Jonah was there in the ship. Because Jonah was in the ship, these people, they thought they would die. Why? Because Jonah was in the ship. The moment that Jonah was thrown overboard, out, out of the ship, then there was a great calm. Why? Because the cursed person is out already. That is the same thing is true with us. Yeah. If the Lord is not happy with us, I pity all the people around you. <laughs> because when God will deal with you, those people around you will be affected. <laughs> You see, we, we want to be blessed by the Lord. And in so doing, we can be a blessing to so many people around us. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad really that in our church, by the grace of God, only by the grace of God, we have a lot of faithful men and women in our church. And I know that when God will bless them and God is blessing them, and I know that God will bless them even more. And we are surrounding with the, we are surrounding these people that are faithful. We are surrounding these people that are that are very fruitful in the Lord, and and and, and blessed by the Lord. We are also will get blessed because of them. That is why the more people are you know the more people are faithful in our church, the, you know the greater the blessing that we can receive because these people you know uh, God already promised. That I will bless them that bless thee. And curse them that curse thee. 
So that is how the way God uh, used that. But my friend, my question tonight, are you um, um, making other people um, um, become faithful in the Lord because of you? Are you affecting other people to be faithful to the Lord? That is supposed to be our motto. That is supposed to be our goal in our Christian life, in our heart. Uh, we can pray to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, make me a blessing to others. Make me a blessing to others. There's a song um, that, that saying, um, um, Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I might live like thee. Help me to live for others that I might live like thee. Oh, what a blessing it is when we have people you know, around us like that. And we can also be praying the same prayer. Lord, make me a blessing to others. Another thing tonight as we um, understand about a mature Christian is a Christian that has a mission. It's a believer with a mission. And another thing tonight, a mature Christian is a builder of other believers. If you are a builder of other believers, I can tell you are you are a mature Christian. You make one, you know, to get, you know, uh, to to be faithful to the Lord because of your influence. Um, that is maturity. Some people will be, will come to church faithfully because of other people, and again, at the start, it's okay. It's okay that this Christian is in encouraging this another Christian to be faithful to the Lord and this person becomes faithful to the Lord. And the moment that this person grows in his Christian life, he at the first is looking at the at this Christian, later on he will he will transfer his, you know, um, um, his his uh, what's that influence? I mean, he will transfer his um, dependence and reliance not to this person but to the Lord, yeah. because he will learn it along the way. Yeah. He will learn it and he will understand it along the way. That is that is really true. That you know, when, when we come to the person, the person does not want to come to church, but you just keep on pressing and pressing. And, and until such time that that person will be planted in the church, you don't have to encourage that person. He's already encouraged. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, exert so much effort for this person because this person is already sold out to the Lord. Yeah. I remember, I remember when um, Jinky, um, he, he, she got saved when she was younger, but uh, in year 2000, year 2000, uh, I remember Jinking. Uh, Jinky did not go to church, and we just visit Katipunan uh, because they were they were still Catholic. And uh, in year two thousand, there was this girl in our church. Her name is Charity. We call her Gingging. So Charity will always invite Jinky. Keeps on inviting and inviting and inviting, uh, but to no avail for many many months, and I think more than a year. Um, every time they see each other, then. Jingging will just keep on inviting Jingking to come to church. And then eventually she came to church. And then Jingging there is really encouraging her, encouraging her uh, to, 
um, to come visit again and 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 eventually Jinky, you know, um, um, grew in the church um, and and uh, became um, faithful in the church. Then Jinky does not have to encourage again or encourage anymore because Jinky is already settled in the church. And you see. That kind of that kind of um, influence, that kind of um, friendship, being a friend to someone, and um, uh, use that friendship for for um, uh, the benefit of others. Ginging or charity, she uses her her um, uh, friendliness to to have Jinky come to church, visit the church. And she visited the church eventually after many, many, um, you know, um, um, many attempts. And eventually um, the Lord, um, you know, allowed Jinky to be settled in the church. My friend, a mature Christian is a builder of other believers. Let's take a look at this in verse number 12 of our text. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 12. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Edify. The word edify is a word for build up or to help along. You are there to build up someone. You see, if Jing, I mean, if Jingi, your charity, did not exert effort or get discouraged at after five attempts of inviting or six attempts of inviting and Gingging got discouraged and stopped inviting and or she herself got discouraged and not come to church. So there's no Mrs. Cunilia today now. <laughs> you see that that um, perhaps the Lord will look at that. That action of charity, that action of jinking is so vital to, for Jinky's um, development, for Jinky's um, building, building up in her Christian walk. And you see, that is the work that we need to put in the church. Each one of us should do something, um, have that input. How are we going to build up the body of Christ? How are we going to strengthen, edify, edify to build up this um, body of Christ? Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And each and every uh, believer is a member of that body. And again, um, I believe that if we will just allow ourselves to be used by God, there are so many people. There are so many people. There, also, another situation, we have this person, as I already told you before, that's um, very skinny. Um, he, I believe, in those times, um, uh, I know his age, 23 years old, but he was just like Nehemiah, so small, very uh, um, bone and skin. And it's just, his condition is this, this small and uh, very poor, uh, sometimes he, he arrives there we are eating our our lunch in the church you know we shared our, our food in the in the church and I and this he's very shy 
he's very shy because he always coughs and he's coughing and coughing and coughing and he doesn't want to be noticed. He doesn't want to be. He just wants to to come to church and he just wants even at the church service. He just wants to come and see people there. And I said to him, uh, I found him. I said, oh, oh come. It's it with us. Come. No, 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 no. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. So no. Have you had your you know um, um, lunch? Um, yeah. Breakfast. Yeah, yeah. What did you eat for breakfast? Coffee. <laughs> Drink a cup of coffee and that's breakfast to him. So what's your lunch? You know, okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Come here. No one, no one likes that boy. No one, no one likes him. Uh, you know, a bit, uh, the people in our church don't want to um, talk to him. But I will tell you, the more people are trying to trying to get away from him, the more I, I am, you know, drawn to him. Uh, if I have a chance, I will take him to, we'll go some, you know, barbecue area and we'll eat there. Every time, and some, uh, one time I took him to the, the doctor, I said, I think you need, you need this, you know. I had that kind of um, um, uh, problem before. Uh, I had that kind of problem before. I, I can, I can uh, take you there, I will pay for your medication. I will pay for your medication. But again, um, I was so sad when he passed away, when he died. Um, I was really sad. But again, that person will just stay outside of the door and listen to the preaching because he doesn't want to come inside. First, people do not befriend him. <coughs> now, there's no one that will like, you know, want to talk to him. So he will just stay there. And I want him to come inside. No, sit, sit here. And he doesn't want. Uh, of course, he doesn't want to be... Uh, bother also the people because he always cough. But um, for me, that's really sad that um, the people in the church, they, they have favorite friends there. Each one has favorites. They only talk to their favorites. And they don't talk to this kind of uh, people. And I can see him isolated. I can see him by, his, by himself alone. I, it's, it's, not, it's not good for me. It's not good for me. So, if ever I see him, I always you know, I, w- I will always uh, to be with him because no one else, no one else in our church would like to attend to him, and that is sad. That is really sad. But I think uh, at least I have I have helped him a little bit to maybe to strengthen his Christian um, Christian walk, and I help him along as much as I can. But that is what we need to do. We are supposed to be a person that would help a per- people along. Yeah. We are supposed to be the, a, a, a Christian that, that will build up other people. A lot of people already come to church, but there's someone there, that, there's someone that is still, you know, not, not, not really mingled so well in the church. That is our desire that each one will get mingled in the church and get help in the church. You see, what can you do to build up the body of Christ? What is that thing that you maybe uh, you can do in your own capacity or in your own person so that um, these people that are part of the body of Christ will become, you know, uh, um, effective there also in the in the body of Christ? My friend, you can care for parts of the body that are afflicted in our church. There are people in our church that are down. There are people in our church, member of the body, part of the body, that are wounded. There are people in our church that are 
also, you know, uh, um, very slow in their growth. Maybe there are reasons why they're slow in their growth. There are reasons why they don't come to church anymore. There are reasons there that maybe you can find uh, or you can help that person into uh, becoming more, um, you know, um, um, more, um, what's this? Um, the person will become more uh, involved. And that is what we need uh, in this church and in any church. We will help everyone to become more involved. We will help everyone to become more um, effective in the work. Sometimes maybe um, going to hospitals. Oh, that is really a sad thing for us. When when someone is in the hospital, all you know, it's all almost always no one is uh, visiting people in the hospitals, especially even from our um, uh, church members, and that is really sad. Uh, we ought to be, uh, you know, alert in that if people are in need. Uh, people in our church are in in dire need. So we, the people in the church, are supposed to be the ones um, that will help. So to ease up the burden of one another. There are people who are fatherless. We are. We ought to um, be a help to them. Those people who have no work. A lot of people in our church do not have income yet. A lot of people in our church, we do not know whether they, they really have you know, enough food. Here in New Zealand, I don't think we really have scarcity of food. But it's not just that. Sometimes these people that have no work, they have people in the, maybe families back in the Philippines that are dependent of him um, sending money to them. And then this person doesn't have any. This person does not have work. So again, we are supposed to be the more uh, sensitive to this, you know, need of these people. We are supposed to be sensitive. Oh, if you see someone like that, and you don't have much also, but again, at least you can you can take him for dinner so that he does not have to, to pay for his dinner. Um, take him somewhere so that he can save his money instead of him. Or or uh, give him a petrol car um, just, just to... Um, is that the burden? Because you see, all of us can survive here, even if you do not have work. Maybe uh, there's enough food, but most of the time, the people in our church they don't have work. But again, they are provided here with their need. But back in the Philippines, those people are depending on him, and that is really hard. That is that is really tough, and that is where we Christians supposed to be. Because we are builder of other believers. Remember that. We are builder. We need to be of help to them so that they can have a little bit of, you know, they can, we can alleviate a little bit of the situation in their lives. We are not just going to, oh, I'm praying for you, and that's good. But we need to be also doing things, practical things, because they have practical needs. So therefore, um, we will look at this as mature Christian. We ought to be builders of the believers in every way possible. Whatever things that the Lord will impress upon our hearts and, and, and to see, to help the people in need. Again, you can, you, can, you can care for the parts of the body that are afflicted, people who are sick, people who are 
um, uh, maybe they lost their jobs um, as much as possible if there's someone in need of of, uh, of finances we cannot promise them that we can we can help really but if I have extra or if you have extra then you know just just give it away because we do not know how much really how deep is the need of the person but no matter how deep may be the need but at least you do something that would be a great help to them especially when you uh, it, your your financial help or your you know those help that you give will go along in your in your prayers and that would be um, the Lord will will supply that need again you can help care uh, 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 for the body of Christ for those people who have spiritual needs also they have spiritual needs they have they have uh, you know uh, problems in the home problems of relationship problems of uh, relationship between husband and wife uh, relationship between children and parents so those kind of things be a peacemaker find ways that you know how can you help this family that are um, uh, in, that are in trouble so we ought to you know get ourselves uh, not really involved in the conflict but be a peacemaker and whatever things you can you can visit someone and then take that person um, somewhere maybe McDonald's and talk to the person encourage the person to pray you know they have problems in their relationship pray for your spouse pray for your husband pray for your wife begin to ask the Lord beg the Lord because whatever however the, the uh, however big the problem is it is still you know um, can be can, under control in the hands of God yeah. that is why you know these people sometimes just need encouragement they just need you know words of wisdom from the Lord and and again I experience uh, encountering a lot of people like that that their situation is hopeless in my eyes it's hopeless but again there is uh, we have the Lord the Lord you know can still help with this even in my eyes this is hopeless I, I, I talked to a lady, um, in, uh, you know Sister Carrie. I talked to Sister Carrie and I know the situation of their home is hopeless. You know, the husband and wife is hopeless. But I can, I said, uh, nah, there, there are resentments, you can see the hearts and, and all this. But I said, Sister Carrie, pray. Pray for your husband and whatever hatred or uh, anger you have, just give it unto the Lord. Give it to the Lord and pray for your husband. And and if 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 he has done something wrong to you, you know I know it's hard, but forgive him, forgive him. And if you have done also something wrong to him, ask the Lord to for forgiveness. So again, you will lose nothing in that. You will lose nothing if you forgive. You will lose nothing also if you pray for the benefit of the person. Do not pray that you know the Lord will curse him because he left you. Do not pray like that. Because we are not here to curse. We are here to bless. <laughs> that is our job, to bless. You see, if someone disag- disagrees with you, then you know, pray to the Lord for that someone. Pray, pray for God's wisdom for that uh, person. And bless the person. Pray for his blessing. Now, this is one thing in our Christian life. 
Um, I do not know if you have done that, but never, never pray for the, you know, um, the, um, disadvantage for others. Never pray for people, even those people who, who, um, who oppose you or people who don't like you or people who, who become your enemy, whether they're your enemies, pray for them. Because that's what Jesus Christ said. Bless them that hate you. Do good to them that despitefully use you and persecute you. You have to pray for them. Even though they have done something evil against you. That's hard. That's not us. That's not natural to us. But again, we need the Lord. You know, that, 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 um, the forgiveness of God in our life. Because uh, again, we can, we can get so much blessing from there. My friend, a mature Christian is a builder. If you are a mature Christian, you are a builder of believers. And again, um, you need to set your heart and pray to God, Lord, make me a builder. Make me, Lord, a unifier. Lord, make me a person, Lord, that can make other people stronger in you. Because there are a lot of things that you can do in the church. And the Lord can use you. <clears throat> Another thing, lastly here, not just that mature Christian is a believer with a mission or a builder of the believers, but also a mature Christian is acquainted with the Bible as basis for every belief. Yeah. Here in our text, you can find that in verse number 14, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, we are no more children. We are no more children tossed to and fro. We must be able to distinguish between right doctrine and wrong doctrine. Not just that when you go to other church and you have no idea that what the pastor maybe is talking or what whatever the Sunday school is teaching is really against the basic doctrine of the Bible. With this, if you um, if you are a mature Christian, you can tell. Oops, that one right there, that one right there. I can. It's not. It's not the uh, the, the true account of the Bible. You must be able to understand this, the basic doctrine. We must be able to distinguish whether this doctrine is right, that doctrine is wrong. We can distinguish between black and gray. We can be able to distinguish between this, oops, that, that part there is dangerous part. And we can say, oh, oops, that music is out of boundary. Oh, that, that clothing is out of boundary. Why? Because we are saturated with this doctrines of the Bible. Right. We must be able to know it ourselves. Yeah. Not, not that, you know, we are so naive that uh, we cannot tell that these people are really gone off the, the lines. And we have no idea that what they are doing is really wrong. That is, that is immaturity there. 
But again, a mature Christian is acquainted with the Bible as basis for every belief. We can look at it back into the Bible. <clears throat> Whatever they do, we can see it in the Bible. If they are doing things not in the Bible, oh, that is a red flag. That is not what the Bible says. And then they are doing it in the church. In, in Philippians chapter, chapter 4, verse number 8, we must know the boundaries from where? Of course, we must know the boundaries from the Word of God. Ephesians, uh, Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, <coughs> whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, test everything in the Bible. Test everything with the Word of God. Is these things true? Or is these things, is, you know, factual things, but it's mingled with lies. So it's not, it's not factual anymore. It's not true anymore. So only look at these things. If this person is real, uh, is this person true? And again, whatsoever things are honest, this, this, this program, this plan is really um, for, for the advancement of the people there. That's part of the program. Honest, no hidden agenda. Are you doing things because in the end you have your own ulterior motive to gain? Are you doing things because you have something uh, of goal that, that is personal for your own personal advancement or gain? That those kind of things can be tested from the Word of God. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, is this, is this you know, um, um, something that we do will enhance, you know, people um, to practice purity in their, in their walk with the Lord, purity in their, in their lives. Again, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You see, even though you don't see it, you know, line by line in the Bible, but you can tell, okay, this one, this one is okay, this, that one is honest, that one, I can see it's, that is true. Yeah. Then you will have your own judgment on that thing. You will have your own understanding because the Holy Spirit of God will, will give you that understanding. Psalm 101, verse number 3. Notice this. Psalm 101, verse number 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. When you, when you look at, the, you know, uh, you go to other people's house and you see, whoa, they have, they have uh, you know, uh, magazines that are not okay at all. That is not acceptable to you. That is, you are not going to show it to your children. And again, with that, the, these people, they allow it. So you can tell that, oh, I will be very careful fellowshipping with this man. Yeah. The moment that you can find something, oh, oops, um, you discover that, oh, they have, they have this pornographic material there in their homes. Uh, or they have, they have this, um, you know, uh, liquor. They're serving liquor. You, they don't serve liquor to you because they know you. But if they have other friends, they serve that liquor. Again, you know, um, you cannot allow um, to, 
you know this person to like do Sunday school lessons or yeah. or 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 if if we have a camp you will put him in the leadership and 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 teach the people about the things of God and then he's that in their homes again we cannot stop them if that is their view on things they are they're loose on the they're loose on those kind of things but we cannot allow it yep. to take leadership and teaching people because they what what are they going to teach the people? You see, this I was said no wicked things before my eyes, and again um, we, we will we will be careful on on um, the actions of people, especially when they are you know um, uh, they will affect your children, they will affect you, they will influence you. You must be very very uh, careful on that. In in First Thessalonians chapter five verse number twenty one. First Thessalonians five twenty one. Prove all things. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Yep. You see, stay away. Step back. If you think that when oh, if I go to that house, it's so hard to say no to that drink. It's so hard to say no to that liquor. Don't go to that house. Yep. That is how to abstain. Because that house is not evil. But if you go there, but it is, there, there is an appearance of evil there. Yep. So do not go there. You see, my friend, as Christians, we must be mature in our Christian life and acquaint ourselves with the Bible as basis for our belief. And that as a mature Christian, we will not easily be snared or attracted by cultic teachings or things that are against the Lord. Yep. Because we know all these things in the Bible. And I, I know these things also because my pastor has never taught me this. Another pastor that I know spoke against this. And then another pastor I know also enhanced all this knowledge that I have. And I, I put it uh, as my personal conviction that I will not do this. Liquor is now um, um, things that, you know, uh, uh, por porno pornography is no, it's no, no. It's a no, no. If you cannot show it to your children, don't, don't watch it. Yep. Yep. Don't watch it. You see, why? To abstain from appearance of evil. Just abstain. Stay away because you don't want yourself to get entangled with those things that you don't like. Yep. You see, a mature Christian will not easily be snared or attracted by cultic teachings. A mature Christian is solid in doctrine. Solid. <clears throat> you can tell. Oops. You can tell. Um, people will go off the doctrine. You can tell. Yeah. That is why I encourage you, especially the men, we have our doctrine there. Read our doctrine because if you go off that doctrine, I can tell that oh, that's off. <laughs> you go off already. If you do not read our doctrine and, and study the reason why we have placed that in that doctrine, then you will be, you know, potentially putting forward, putting things forward that already are against what we believe in the Bible. What, what we put in the doctrine there, those doctrines are tested. It's, they are not just, you know, they come and they, they are tested and proven. <coughs> those doctrines are already attacked from everywhere and it stands out. 
it it was found it was found to be true from the word of God from the references, and it is sound, it is healthy, it is it is um, uh, meaningful, and it is godly, and it can it can result into godliness. Like say, for example, in clothing, why we don't allow? Not really don't allow. We don't say we don't allow, but why we encourage maybe the ladies to to wear skirt. Or all that, just an example. Why? Because that is modest. That is modest. As long as it's not really purposely deceiving us. Uh, it's scared, but they are also like the slit is up to the waist. Just to deceive us of a skirt. But you see, why we look at this? The result. What is really the result, the end result of that? We know the end result is wholesome. But if the end result is to, you know, uh, um, to, to attract people's uh, eyes and all that, we know, we know that, that it's, it's not good. It's yeah. not really, um, you know, um, uh, sound uh, in, in our doctrine. We don't allow that because uh, those kind of things will just lead people into, um, you know, uh, behavior that you don't want them to have. So a mature Christian is solid in his doctrine. And again, you should know why you believe what you believe. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why we don't? Why? Why we don't um, have this um, clothing? This kind of clothing? Yeah. Why? Because the Bible says, you know, um, um, modus apparel is uh, being um, encouraged there in the, in the Word of God. Do not. Do not put. Things in your or clothing that will attract people, yeah. Yeah. And, and also like uh, why you don't why you don't uh, allow a little drink or occasional drink. Apostle Paul encouraged uh, Timothy to, to have some wine. <laughs> why we don't you know? No, we don't do that because we know already in the Bible wine is a mocker. Yep. Strong drink is raging, right, yeah. and whoso is deceived thereby is not wise. Yep. Drunkards did not start as you know, you know, they drink um, cases of beer. They started with small drink. Yeah, yeah. They started with very small sip, <coughs> and in the end. The Bible says it biteth like a serpent because it's poisonous. Not poisonous, poisonous, but we know already that people could not get out with addiction of, the, of alcohol. My brother-in-law died because of alcohol. He died, literally. He, he, he was, he's always drunk. Every day he's drunk. Every day. And maybe he, he, he I think he was... 50 something years old, 50 something years old, but since teenager he was drunk every day. It took him like 30 years to die, but he died literally because of alcohol, because he was drunk, he was walking on the street, and then a taxi, you know, um, ran over him, and he flew into the air, and dropped into the taxi, and take him to the hospital, and in comatose for several months, and passed away. And so many, so many things. That's why it's better to, you know, have that away from us. It's better. 
and it's you know um, good and it's um, godly, I believe, to not get involved in even small wine. Just get away from it. So that is better than um, to start. And then once we start it, once you start little, that means we tolerate little, then that little will, will, will grow until such time that while I will be preaching here, 10% of the, of the people in the pews are drunk. Because we allow it. You see, if you step a little, if you allow, that's why even in the, in the clothing, I always repeat this, in, in the clothing, when we start, when we step here in the pulpit, you must be in your best clothes. Because if you begin to lower it down, I will tell you, some of our men will come in sleepless. If you lower it down, you have to have to have this stuff because that means you cannot stand here if you if you wear shirts. You cannot preach in our pulpit if you will not adhere to that clothing standard. Because standing here in the pulpit, you know, this is leadership already. This is not for just members. That's why it's okay if you come and sleepless is fine. But there is no way that you will be teaching people that it's okay to have, you know, um, um, lower degree of um, clothing in the church. Let's put it because the work of the Lord is a very, very sacred work. Yeah. If we ought to prepare the whole week for just Wednesday service, if we prepare the whole week, it is worth it. It is worth to put all our efforts and time just to prepare our coming to church. But we don't do that. But what I'm saying, our church, the work of the Lord, is a serious work. Yeah. It involves the souls of men. And each one on every soul is more than the worth of the whole world. Yeah. That is why we have a very, you know, um, uh, me, I put a very high strict standard on myself. I, I would, I would if, only, if only I can, I can do what other people can do, then I would for convenience sake. But now it's not about my convenience. Because I am a leader. I am a pastor. I am, you know, people are looking at me. If I will allow things, then how can we stop it? I do not know if you have watched in the Senate now in the U.S. with uh, John Peterman, a new senator in uh, Pennsylvania. He comes to the he comes to the Senate hall. In the Senate hall, he he wore this hoodie and short pants. And people, not just senators and congressmen, they um, they abhor it. But they could not say anything because they are the ruling party. And the leadership of the Senate lowered the standard. Lowered the standard. I will tell you, as, as much as I know, as much as I know, in, in the city council, this is just a city. That one is the entire United States of America. That's the Senate of the entire United States of America. 
They have um, state senate also. That, that is not state senate, that is the entire country. It's the highest senate in the in United States. And when you go to when you go to a city council in Cebu City Council um, um, <coughs> Parliament Hall, you cannot enter there if you are not, you know, in, in proper clothes. That is just a city, you know, composed of hundreds of thousands of people. Congress in the Philippines, I believe the same. I think I remember before, there was a congressman that went into the, went into the uh, parliament hall. But that congressman is very rich. He wore that very, you know, uh, expensive clothing, but it's not in Barong, not in Barong. And he argued that his clothes is 10 times more expensive than any Barong there. His clothes is 10 times more expensive. But again, it's not about the cost. It's about propriety. Yep. Here, in our church, the same. It's not about how much you bought your denim jeans, your Levi's. It's about propriety. Yeah. Because we are dealing with the souls of men. This is serious task. We ought to adhere this because this is not, you know, that is not hard. I look at Pastor, Pastor Sobrabas Church in Mindanao, a very young church. They are just like us, 14 years. They have their, they have their anniversary. Whoa, the song leader. It's, whoa, it's very, very neat looking and I know their, their church is air-conditioned, but again, you can see, wow, that's just a song leader. And not just that, the ordinary youth there, the ordinary youth, they wear, they wear this uh, coat, I mean, not coat, but they wear this shirt and, and, and tie. How come that these people, uh, you know, are doing that in their church? I think if I were the pastor there, I would allow, you know, okay, you know, you have... You have collar is okay because it's also hot uh, in that place. But you see why they they, they do that, uh, even though they are not doing anything in the front, they are not doing they are not doing uh, some leadership uh, role, but they are very very you know uh, serious in their preparation. They look forward to the coming service and they put their um, best clothes on. Why is that? Because they understand the propriety. Come to a wedding. Try. Come to a wedding and then you are told to, to wear this and then come go there and put t-shirt. The, the person that invites you will be upset. Why you are wearing that? This is a wedding. Why you are wearing that? So that's why me also, this is a church. Why are you wearing that? Again, the Lord will not look at your clothes. God will look at your heart. But that exposes you, what's in your heart. 
That means you do not really care to prepare yourselves to bring that whatever effort you, you have to the Lord. We cannot come from church and preach here and then just put on pajamas, coming out of bed, straight to the pulpit. We have, the Lord has given us Aaron and his sons. The Lord specified that clothing. The Lord specified all those bells, all those paraphernalias. The Lord specifies that and they will use it in the office of the priest. They are not allowed to use any other things. You try to defy it, you get killed. Abihu, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, you know, did not follow the Lord. They died right there. They died right there. We do not allow it that, you know, we will take the Lord and His word lightly. We will not allow it. It's really hard if we will if we will begin to lower down our standard and me, especially me I cannot allow it by the grace of God I will not allow it because um, if I begin to allow it five years from now five years from now it will become taboo if you wear coat and tie why I say that? Pastor, there's a pastor in Manila uh, whose wife is the daughter of uh, the, the daughter of Pastor Babu. <coughs> and Pastor Ariel went there. And Pastor Ariel, when he went into the conference that's organized, and then there's a lady that approached Pastor Ariel. Pastor Ariel, no, 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 do not wait that. Change your clothes. Do not wear that. Take off your take off your take off your tie. Do not wear your coat. Why? This you know. And Pastor Ariel said, I saw Pastor Kent there. I saw Pastor Nabli there. So he thought that this is. You see why? Because the person that invites them and the person that holds it, they make it a taboo to have this. And you know what they have? drums and all these lights it's like a disco that is what's going to happen to us eventually there will be lights, there will be disco in our church, there will be drums and drum sets there if we allow these things and our bible will be changed to NIV that is what's going to happen this church that I'm telling you is a solid church in 1980s solid when the father was a pastor, it's solid. Just like us, and even more strict than us. I do not know along the line why it happened to them. And Pastor Arya said to me, Brother Adrian, let us be very careful. What are we going to allow while we are the pastors? That is true. That is really true. If there's someone that will bring, you know, will slide down a little bit, we better stop it right there because we cannot allow it. That because the lives of our children that will benefit from our church and our children's children that will become, you know, uh, servants of God in our church may not come because our people that down the line will go and depart and, and, and find another church and our church will become, will be changed. Liberty University, 
that Liberty Church there, started by Jerry Falwell, is different now when the children are doing the ministry. Many others, many others, they have evolved, they have moved away from what we are doing today. And again, it's just a little tolerance on something, and then everything will just slide down eventually. We do not allow it because the Lord will be, um, I do not know if the Lord will be happy. I, know, I do not know about that, but I will tell you, uh, as much as I know in the scripture, um, God wants to be treated as solemn. His service must be treated as solemn. Yeah. So all of us, mature Christian, we must be acquainted with the Bible <laughs> as yeah. basis for our every yeah. belief. Yeah. And do not uh, back down on that yeah. and continue to, um, you know, to fight on because yeah. this is a spiritual battle. Again, examine yourselves for the marks of maturity. Do we have that mark of maturity? In what areas in your life are your greatest needs for growth? Do you need to grow somewhere in your, in your Christian walk? And again, let our you know, pulpit will help you, will aid you on uh, the things that you need. Be, be faithful in coming because you will learn things of the Lord. Be faithful in your Bible, in your uh, um, understanding of the, the Word of God and reading and your prayer then you are on the right road to Christian <coughs> maturity. Amen. And all of us will benefit from that, especially you and your family and your loved ones and your children and your children's children. Do not slide down. For me, you know, uh, if, if other churches are okay, I do not have, you know, I do not have to start a church. But because I did not see it, I see the, the, the vast difference then I have to um, to um, start, and I have to um, ask the Lord for help, because um, the Lord will not, uh, in, in my opinion, will not bless me in that kind of ministries. But the Lord has given us a ministry, so let us be faithful to Him and faithful to Him to the end. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for uh, being faithful to us. Lord, we are not um, really the best people to be called as your children, but Lord, by your grace, we will strive, O oh God, we will strive to the best of our ability, Lord. We will help the young generation, Lord, to follow in the right path. And help us, Lord, that um, in our endeavoring um, for your glory and for your honor, Lord, we will not stumble along the way. And Lord, help us in our, um, in our frailty also because we are not as strong, O God. Only by the grace of God that we are standing today. Only by your grace, Lord, that um, we, can, we can think of all these things today. But Lord, uh, we just depend upon your working in our lives. And we thank you, O God, that you are our faithful Lord. And you are the ones of God that will help us accomplish things for you. And I pray that we will continue to um, be strong and be able to help others to be strong as well. And that we can um, help Lord those in need and those people of God that um, are still staying in their um, Christian infancy. That Lord, we will be uh, there to help them alongside and grow also in you. 
And Father, I pray that um, our, our lives will be useful for others. Our lives, Lord, will be used for others and to the edifying of others. And that, Lord, we can fulfill the law of Christ in our heart. Bless all of us tonight, Lord. Bless all your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.